and, and welcome to Illumination Bureau, a podcast where we will enlighten you of all the hidden stuff you don't know about careers in creative. This is Katherine Lang Klein and Kristen Harris, and we will be your hosts. We are the co-creators of Portfolio Creative, a company that connects creative people in the marketing and advertising space. We've been doing this work since 2005 and have learned a lot of things that we want to share with you. We have so much to tell you, so let's get started. Hey, Katherine. What? When's the last time you looked at your resume? Oh, my goodness. Years ago. It had to be years ago now. Yeah. I have this friend that always would say, just always keep your resume current because you never know when your dream job might come calling. And that's really good advice, actually, because for me, you know, I haven't had to look for a job. And I think when as soon as you're looking, that's when you immediately go to your resume and you're like, all right, I better update this. Um, so if you come to that point in time, um, you definitely are going to want to do that. But yeah, there's a lot to be said about keeping it current at all times. Yes. So today, guess what we're talking about? Resumes. <laughs> <laughs> and it's probably the one topic that we probably talk about the most with people because it, it it's essentially your introduction without being seen, without being heard into any company, any position within your own company that you, you want to move into. So how do you make it where people don't immediately throw it right into the trash? Absolutely. I It's really a marketing tool. I think it's, like you said, it's that first introduction to you that hopefully gets your foot in the door so that then they want to meet you. That's the only mm-hmm. job of the resume. Get the person to want to meet with you. Right. And and really, if you just kind of keep that in mind, you don't oversell it, you, but you sell it as well as possible. Don't tell them everything. Um, but we're going to give you some tips um, to really help you out to really get that a little more fine-tuned. And um, the things that people are really looking for in, in the order that they're also looking for it as well. Yes, so we have six key components of a resume that we've broken down, and we're going to touch on all of these. So your name and contact information, your career summary, your key professional skills, work history and accomplishments, professional involvement, and education. So starting right with it, and the name and the contact information, I think people think that that is um, pretty basic, and at least it should be. You know, you want to have your name, your address, a phone number that you actually monitor. So you might have a couple of um, cell phones and things like that. Make sure that um, you have the number that you're going to answer on there. You want to make sure that your voicemail on your phone sounds very professional. It's not, you know, fun or cute or whatever. Keep it very simple because you will be wanting this to be professional. You also will want to set up your um, an email account on there because you want your email address on there too. And you might want to... Um, make sure that that looks professional too, because sometimes at the time people come up with really clever ones, and myself, I'm guilty of that too. Um, but I had to set up a separate one entirely just so people would see that it's a professional email account. And also provide any sort of pertinent social media sites that are professional, your LinkedIn perhaps, or or Twitter account if you want people to um, check that out. But again, also make sure that those look very professional too. Yes, and a couple other tips are write out your name in text. So especially with creative people, we often design a logo or something for ourselves, which is awesome. You can use that. But be sure you write out your name too, because sometimes it won't get picked up within systems. And then your resume actually has no name. And then another thing is you can just use your city and state to indicate location. You don't need to put your actual street address. It's a little creepy. (laughs) I never thought of it that way, but I guess you're kind of right. At least they know you're in the area somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So, um, you know, that part should be hopefully pretty simple. We all know our own names and contacts, we hope. Yes. So um, let's move on to one that does usually stump people a little bit, which is the career summary. So the career summary is 
it's really just a short introductory paragraph about you, maybe, I don't know, three to five sentences. And essentially, you are setting up, this is who I am, what I do, what I'm great at, and what I can do for them, Mm -hmm. because... That's really important. It's all about them. Exactly. A lot, a lot of people think resumes are about themselves, but really it's about the other people that you're handing it to. Yes, very much so. And so basically you're making promises in this paragraph that the, the rest of your resume will pay off or will prove. You'll say you have certain experiences. The rest of the resume is going to show that. You could think of it kind of as your own elevator pitch. Yes. You know, um, if you can read it in just a couple of minutes, a couple of sentences, what is it that you do really well, really quick? Yes, love it. And you can specify, actually not can, we suggest you do specify and customize the objective to fit the jobs you're applying for. So it's very easy in our world of technology to just have multiple versions of your resume or to edit every time you're sending it out. And yeah, it takes a few minutes, but honestly, a few minutes to maybe get the job you really want, it's worth it. Yeah, back in the olden times, and you can ask your parents or grandparents about this, you had your resume printed and you made, got 100 copies and they were all exactly the same. We now have the beauty of you know Microsoft Word or any other Word document where you can customize each of these. So when you are looking for a job, really read that job description and customize that career summary to fit that specific job. Yes. And also, you don't really need to title it. Sometimes people really struggle with, like, what do I call this paragraph? Like, career summary, objective statement, or whatever. You don't need to call it anything. It's the first paragraph right under your name and contact information. It's clear what it is. Exactly. It doesn't need a heading. <laughs> <laughs> people have seen it a million times, so they um, they understand it. And and some things, too, you know, because putting that title on there makes it just seem obvious. Obviously, this is your career summary. Don't be super obvious by having in your career summary that you are looking for a job. People clearly know that that is why they're receiving this. So just keep it about you, know, about you your accomplishments, and how you're going to help that company. Yes. So that one you'll probably spend some time on. It takes a little... Um, you know, thinking and brainstorming. And sometimes I recommend maybe you do all the other parts first and then look at what you've got and summarize it. I mean, really, if this is the summary of you and your accomplishments and, and your experiences and what you can offer, it might help to fill out the rest of some of these other categories to help you figure out what goes in that paragraph. And if you um, look on our website, we will have a worksheet on this for you to fill out just so you have all of your thoughts organized. So you can kind of noodle this and really finesse it to, and get it nice and short and sweet about exactly what you do. Yes. So moving on to number three, key professional skills. So really, this is where you're trying to capture what you're really good at. Like what professional skills do you have? What, you know, do you know certain softwares, languages? skills that are applicable to, you know, your professional career. But essentially, it's what do you have to offer? Mm -hmm. Here is me and here's what I'm offering. Here's what I'm selling, (laughs) basically. Yeah. Or again, think about here's how I can help your company. If they want specific things, really bring those to the front of of this pair of of this section and um, have things that may not be as important for this particular role kind of fall in there, but just so they're seen as well. But people are looking at these really quick and you want to make sure that you get what you need up front really quick. Yes. And so if you did the worksheet exercise about capturing your values and your skill set and basically who you are and where you are right now, that's going to hand you a lot of this information. You will have gone through and captured a lot of your skills 
So um, do list things in order of strength. So whatever you're best at or you've been doing the longest, you know, sort of strongest and most experienced down to least or newest. And also include skills like you know, project management or team leadership, things that aren't particularly a software or a program, you know, things that are also soft skills maybe. Yeah, and I also not say things like team player, hard worker, and there is a reason for that. It's because everyone says that, yes. and you are you really want to set yourself apart from other people. Um, the one thing I will recommend, perhaps, is in a, a different podcast we did earlier. We talked about your strengths and doing the strength finder test, which we will still recommend. Um, some of those strengths might fit in here too, or things that you want to capture as, again, as your strength, as your, the strongest thing that you have, or how it's going to also fit into this particular role. Um, yes. Other things that can help you out too is when you listen, uh, list some of the software. Um, if they're specifically looking for some software, make sure you mention it. You can go off on a tangent as far as, you know, you know, a hundred different softwares, but just make it fit again with this particular role. If you need to know any sort of programming languages, if there's any sort of artistic specialties people want to know, they want specifically an illustrator. Um, and it doesn't necessarily have to be that you had a career as an illustrator. If you can draw and you have examples of that, definitely write that in here. Um, if it's they're looking for people that can speak languages, that one you can't fake so much. So, <laughs> <laughs> but if you have it included, absolutely, people people today. love yeah, yeah people love to hear that, and you know it just really kind of proves that you're you're an extra smart person. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> I always thought that that was just a, an amazing thing if you can speak more than one language. Yes, so after you have captured all of these key sort of key skills that you have to offer, you can start capturing your work history and your accomplishments. And this is really about explaining your you know, prior employment or your career journey, whatever it is, what work you have done so far. And it's you may have a little if you're a recent graduate. You may have a lot if you've been working for, for many years. And they all don't necessarily have to look the same either. I mean, in a lot of cases, you write the employer, the date, and the accomplishments, um, maybe your job title, where this company was located. And that's I mean, technically about it, that you absolutely positively have to have. So if there is a, um, a position you had that's unrelated to your career, include that, the time you were there. You don't have to necessarily get into all the specifics of what you were doing, unless it included things like leadership, responsibility, project management, those key things that people are really, really interested in. Um, otherwise, you know, you definitely want to include um, all the things that are relevant within those things in chronological order. Um, again, bringing to the top of some simple bullet points of things that relate, again, to this job that you're applying for, those go to the top and the rest of it towards the bottom. Yes, and one area I think people really miss the boat is the accomplishment section. So often they will, sometimes they won't include anything. Mm -hmm. They'll just sort of list the job and not too much else. Or they will describe the job in a couple yes. of senses, like provide a job description, not what they accomplished. And yes. those are not the same things. You know, I could say I, I was a graphic designer and I you know, worked on whatever campaign, or I could say I was the lead designer on this project and we sold 10 million pairs of jeans because of it. The right. second one sounds really Way interesting more to a company, <laughs> right? So you, everyone has accomplishments and sometimes this can be hard for creative people because they feel like the work they do isn't always measurable or numbers mm -hmm. or financial, but everyone has accomplishments and also don't assume people... No. So don't assume people know about the company you worked for, how big it is, how big your team was that you led, you know, 
if you work for a billion dollar company and let a team of 50 people s- say that it's kind of a big deal don't assume that they actually know that company's that large mm-hmm, they might not mm-hmm. it may be like oh yeah it's a company in my city but i don't necessarily know all the details of right, it so right this is where you have to brag about yourself a little Right. And what I would always find too, um, especially artists and people in the creative industry, and and maybe even more people than that, just uh, get really humble when it comes to their experience and their accomplishments and things like that. You might have to have your own little out-of-body experience and think about yourself in the third person when you're trying to sell yourself and say, oh, you know, Catherine is awesome at X and she's also great at Y. Um, and kind of remove yourself from it just to kind of, or what's also great too is maybe you interview somebody else and ask them, you know, what was so great about me? <laughs> and they yeah. can, and they can tell you exactly what they really liked about working with you or the things that you accomplished and things like that. Yes, absolutely. So um, a couple tips. Uh, so include all of the positions are relevant to your career. If it's not related and you have plenty of relevant experience, you don't need to include maybe jobs you had in college or something like that. Um, but you want to include everything that's relevant and in reverse chronological order, so newest first. Mm-hmm. And then um, you can include things that are relevant, like internships or volunteer work, if it fits with your professional mm-hmm. you know, accomplishments that you're trying to show. You're just basically trying to show, here's my history and here's what I have to offer. Sometimes we include positions that aren't as relevant because they filled a gap. And right. so... Back to what you said before, you don't have to talk about them a lot. You may just sort of list it, the the dates, one sentence, and move Mm -hmm. on. You only have so much real estate, which we'll get to later, but you only have so much real estate. So, you know, use your big parts of your real estate for the relevant positions, the ones where you have a lot of accomplishments, and you can play down other ones. And what's really kind of important about this as well is, and we had said it before, this is to get you in the door. So you don't have to get super detailed here, but make it a big enough teaser where people want to know more about you. It's like, oh, you did this and that you accomplished this. I want to hear more from this person. Um, But if you get into every single detail, like as far as we designed, you know, for 100 hours and we produced this and we went to the printer for X and um, it took this, you know, you could talk about that. And it'll actually sound more exciting when you talk about it than somebody reading it. Just get right to the point. Like make this a, a great sell, and they will ask you to come in. Absolutely, you're trying to be interesting and intriguing enough for them to want to know more. And so that also goes to like how many years of work history you include. We usually say you only need to include about ten. You could, after that, have a you know other relevant positions or not. However, you want to handle it. You're not. Sometimes people feel like they're lying if they leave something off their resume. Mm-hmm. If you're leaving it off purposefully to be deceitful, yes. If you're leaving it off because you have already 20 years of work experience and the last 10 are really relevant and before then it's just so old, especially in our industry. I mean, everything is different 10 years ago. That's not being deceitful. That's just saying like, I have even more work experience if you want to hear about it, but I'm not going to waste space on this page to talk about. Right. And sometimes it's just there to show consistent work history too. And we'll talk about when your work history is not consistent as well um, coming up. Um, But um, it, it's just to show that you have worked, people have paid you, um, you left on good terms, hopefully. If not, we can talk about how you handled that, too, in, in interviewing. But, um, yeah, you just want to keep this simple, bulleted as a sell to get the conversation going. Yeah, so you actually touched on something. Um, so 
and we get this question often, what's your recommendation if somebody does have a gap of time where they didn't work? Maybe they took time out to care for children, take care of an ailing parent, had a medical issue. Like what, how do they handle that gap on their resume? Mm -hmm. And one of the first things that I will say is that this is becoming more and more common because we have a generation right now that is in this, that's getting a little bit of a squeeze between having young kids and uh, parents are getting elderly. So it's not as frowned upon as it was before. Um, but there are definitely some other things that you can do. And one of my favorite things is, is if you will find yourself in that sort of circumstance, and granted, this is not always the case, but if you can find work of any kind, even if it's just super simple volunteer work just to show that you are working in some minor capacity, that is hugely helpful versus falling off the face of the earth. Because mm -hmm. what they, w w the big thing about those gaps that people worry about is that you start, you stop being relevant, you stop being current. And if you kind of imply somehow, some way that you have been useful, helpful, have been keeping up to date with communications with, you know, uh, the business world, that will buy you a lot of, of, of a landing strip there when you're going in to meet with people. Yeah. And in, in the creative industry, I mean, a lot of people freelance mm -hmm. all the time. Absolutely. You know, they're always so having side jobs again, or whatever. So you probably did, did some freelance during that time. Maybe you could include that. One thing that we will say is this can be a little, you know, HR minefield as well. So the potential employer can't actually ask you exactly what you were doing during that time. Because maybe it is a personal medical issue right. or something right. that is not so their... So be aware of your rights there. Yes. <laughs> it's not their business, and it can be considered discriminatory if they ask. However, you have to understand from their point of view, it's hard for them to just not have any explanation mm -hmm. for the gap on your resume. They will draw their own conclusions. So, you know, just come up with something that you can put that you're comfortable with, and you don't have to get into a lot of details, but maybe just, you know, volunteer work or freelance or whatever and then if you need to discuss it in the interview we'll talk about that later but don't share too much mm -hmm. like you don't need to get into all your personal nitty-gritty that's actually sort of the other extreme of like don't overshare yeah and um some things that we have told people to do too when um resumes have these gaps like this is if you are freelancing even if it's just one or two projects a year while you're in a five-year block of time Describe that as you having your own company. You know, you are a freelancer, you are self-employed, you know, that is all perfectly valid because you are you know, getting some income on your own as a company. Um, so you can fill those gaps by just filling in with, with freelance, but just make sure, again, not to be deceitful, that you actually did work on some projects at that time. Right. So another question we get is um, if people work in like just a completely unrelated mm -hmm. industry or role. Maybe they were in their industry for a while and then they went some other direction, pursued some other interest and now want to come back. You know, should they include it basically is what they want to know. This is totally unrelated to the work I want to be doing. Should I just leave it off? The, an the answer is yes. <laughs> yeah, so, <laughs> the, so an the answer is include it. Include it, right. Our answer is like you still need to show that you know, history, mm -hmm. and, and you probably learn something from it. Even if it's totally unrelated industry, there's probably some skills you can show you learned or some accomplishments you had, but also it could be one of those that's just really a short entry on the resume. I was just going to say it's the, the company, the job title, you know, how long you were there, and maybe literally one line of what you did. And you can sometimes, again, structure that so it's leaning towards the role that you are going for here, too. And 
um, it could be a case of where you were a graphic designer and this one job you took was either project manager or uh, you were some sort of assistant, uh, an admin or something like that. What did you really learn from that job? You know, was it about organization? Was it about, you know, actual project management? Was it about working with teams? You know, did it expose you to a really large company and you kind of learn the nuts and bolts of that? Really, really dig in on that and say, what did I really, really learn about that? And I know people can kind of get down on that when they get, you know, kind of sidetracked, if you will, from that dream job. Um, but everything is a learning experience. At least I feel it is. So even if it's the most simple things, that's your bullet, you know, that you, that you put in there. Yes. Absolutely. We, we still like a consistent work history mm -hmm. more than not. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and uh, even, you know, waiting on tables, you know, it, it shows you work. So I learned so much about customer service. <laughs> and work ethic. Absolutely. Exactly. And so what, uh, just one more in this section, because there's always a lot of questions about this part, is um, if someone just graduated from college and mm -hmm. don't actually have any professional experience. And so we always encourage you to look for what kind of work experience do you have? Because you probably have something. Mm -hmm. You may have done an internship or work during college related to your career. Maybe you worked in a department within your school that is related, something like that. Always list those first because they're the most relevant to the job that you're pursuing. But in your case only, recent graduates, <laughs> you can also list unrelated positions. I mean, if you worked in a retail position to you know, make money and pay for your college or help pay for your expenses, even though it's not related to your position in that situation, it's still really highly respected. You're showing work ethic, you're showing drive, you're showing, you know, that you mm -hmm. are responsibility. Are, are, and absolutely. And you've learned skills. Maybe you became the manager of the store, whatever. It, it doesn't matter if it's totally unrelated to the industry you're pursuing. For a recent graduate, I think it's still better to show work experience versus not. Oh, absolutely. And um, I remember since we're just talking about this, when one of my first resumes did include me working at the university newspaper. So that was definitely considered graphic design work. And um, I also did wait tables. So yes, I said it was customer service, you know, and there's a lot to be said for that. And um, also it's, you know, if you're, and I would include it a conversation, not so much on the resume, but uh, if you were essentially supplementing or paying for your own college education, I think that shows a lot of drive as well. So that could be dropped into, I, I always give people a lot of credit that can also pull that off too. You, if you did um, well in school and you got a, a great GPA, I don't think I would include it on the resume because I don't think necessarily people care. But it could also come up a conversation. Um, so it's not so much built in stone, but you just say, you know what, I, I put myself through college or my parents paid for college, but because of that, I was able to get a perfect GPA or, or something like that. Um, so those sort of things can tend to be can be can be kept as more um, conversational versus on the resume. Yes, very much so. But you can still keep it short. A lot of those kind of positions, you know, everyone everybody's done it has you know been to a restaurant or a store or whatever. Like we understand what the role was. Yep. You don't have to get into a lot of detail. We all got to start somewhere. Yeah, just include it. Include a few bullet points and mm -hmm. show your work ethic. That's all. It's really sort of proving. Um, so next section is professional involvement, and this can be. It, it will vary a lot just depending on the person. It depends mm -hmm. on what you've done, mm -hmm. what you've professionally been involved with. Right. Ideally, again, if it points in towards this role uh, as far as the experience you've gotten or your um, relationship with this group, definitely include it. You want to make sure you, you, know, you don't include everything. But there's definitely some um, professional involvement that's going to lean heavily 
in your favor if you are doing things like that. Yeah, so things you might include in this section are awards you've won, publications, maybe you've had your work published somewhere, if you're a member in an association or an industry organization related to your mm -hmm. career, if you've served on a board, whether it's related to your career or not, it could be a, a community position or related to your industry, those kind of things. And what we're looking for here are professional career-related interests and mm -hmm. items, not personal hobbies. Right. So I always feel like, okay, I'm, I'm a big pet lover. That's only relevant if I'm applying to work at maybe Petco mm -hmm. or something. Now for them, that's a big deal. <laughs> I should right. probably mention it. <laughs> right. But if I'm, you know, applying at practically any other industry or business in the world, they probably don't care. No. it's In some ways, it's a little too cutesy, but honestly, it, it could be as ridiculous as you put you have three dogs on your resume and they're a cat person and they <laughs> will just say, Oh, a dog person, a good bother. But it doesn't, it doesn't make absolutely no sense. But right. again, this is them meeting you without a conversation, without a face, without knowing you at all. And this is essentially what they're seeing about you first. And some of that stuff you just don't want to say right away. Exactly. It's just, and it's not relevant. It but is absolutely not relevant. For the record, I only have two dogs <laughs> <laughs> right now. <laughs> so far, yes. <laughs> At this moment. Um, but yeah, you know, joking aside. So, you know, unless that hobby or personal interest is really relevant to the position or to the work you do, it, it goes into that category of like, it's nobody's business. That mm -hmm. also includes you know, religious affiliations mm -hmm. or anything like that, unless it is related to the work or shows like a leadership position or something like that. It just isn't isn't their business and you don't need to include right. it. Right. And uh, again, and I, I really can't emphasize this enough, is that you want to um, present a resume that really shows your best skill sets to get this job. Everything else is a distraction. You don't have a lot of time. To ca capture someone's attention, keep it fast, keep it, you know, powerful, and people will read it. But if you start making it super long with all these little things that are not relevant, you will find yourself just sliding across the desk really quick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So our uh, final section is education. And some people might say, oh, that's interesting. It's, the, it's last. And yes, purposefully, we believe education belongs last unless you're a recent graduate. If you're a recent graduate, it might come first mm -hmm. because it's your biggest accomplishment professionally to date is graduating in your field that you're now pursuing a job. But unless you're a recent graduate with no other work experience, education is the last thing on your resume. Um, obviously, you're going to include it. Sometimes people don't. And also sometimes they don't include like that they graduated. Mm -hmm. And if you don't include that, people assume you didn't, which is interesting. Right. But true. So include it. Otherwise, they may assume negatively. <laughs> but um, but also include uh, the degree you got. I don't know if I'd get really specific, like you got a BA or BFA or BS or something in Greek mythology. But guess what? If they see Greek mythology, you're, you might, again, be excluded right away from something when you really just want to say you got a, a college degree. Yeah. Um, so say the school, say the degree you got, and just kind of leave it at that, unless it's super relevant, again, to the role. Um, but some people can kind of get painted into a corner when they, you know, had to graduate with something or they were really hoping to get into something and then they got this degree and it 
it kind of scares people off. Again, you just want to make sure that they just know that you are a well-educated person and your major does not matter. <laughs> yeah, and it, it just comes back to the same thing as all of these points we're talking about. Does it help make your case? Exactly. That's all you're trying to do is make your case, show a great candidate mm-hmm. you are. Continue so the it, conversation. Yeah, if it helps, include it. If it doesn't, you know, you can play play down your degree and maybe you just include your university and, you and know. Maybe somehow you find out you that the HR manager also has a degree in Greek mythology. <laughs> maybe then you, you might want to include it. it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so we recommend including your graduation date. And unless you have a specific reason for it, we won't get into all the details. Some people don't for reasons that we can talk about on a future podcast. But generally include your graduation date. But also, and this is another part I think people don't think about including, but it's super important, is relevant continuing education. If Mm -hmm. you've taken seminars, workshops, continuing training, classes, and whether they're degreed or certificated, Mm -hmm. if that's a word, or, you know, have any kind of special certification or not, if you took classes towards, again, the position you're pursuing that's relevant, definitely include that kind of work. It not only does it it show that you're staying current and keeping your skills up to date. It also shows drive and work ethic mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. you're interested in bettering yourself and that all counts. That all counts. Mm-hmm. I mean, all of it. Um, people like people that are current and like to um, stay uh, current with their area of expertise and that is all assets and definitely relevant information. And then um, I, we kind of gloss over really quick, but also this education section, people are always w- wanting to know whether or not they got a GPA, um, they should include their GPA score or what have you. Um, typically, it. I mean, I would say no. I mean, honestly, that again is that conversation you might have, you might work in. But I, when it all comes down to um, people getting selected for roles, it's really about that experience. And your education is fabulous. They ne- like to know that you're smart, that you completed something. But I hate to say that it probably has the least amount of weight on your resume. Um, they're just there to check, okay, they graduated. And that's yeah. about it. Um, it's all about your experience and will you be able to do the job. Um, many people have gone to college and they learn a lot of things, but you really get the meat of your um, skill sets from actually holding a job, having people pay you for it, and moving on to the next thing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and and another thing is um, you don't need to include your high school if you went to college. Right. Some people do, which is always odd. Mm-hmm. And it sometimes then seems like you didn't graduate from college or something. So generally, we say just leave your high school off unless you didn't. If you didn't go on to continuing education, obviously you would include it. Um, but sort of differently, even if you have higher degrees, like a master's or a PhD, you still include your bachelor's. Yes. Not yes. sure why, but that's just the, that's <laughs> the standard. So do include a bachelor's if you have higher degrees, but don't include high school if you have a, like a associate or bachelor's degree. Yeah, I would absolutely agree. Again, that also is taking up space. We've talked about space many times, so it's definitely worth repeating many times that ideally, ideally, if you can get it onto one page, um, that, again, is that quick, fast sell that people are going to look at, skim it. They're not going to l- want to flip through five pages of stuff, especially if it's a whole lot of irrelevant stuff. Um, keep it simple. Keep it succinct. Keep it on, you know, basically on task and just sell you. Yeah, I think a good resume is uh, an exercise in editing, mm-hmm. like knowing mm-hmm. what is most important, what's going to really help present you in the best light and help you sell yourself. Right. And what is just getting in the way. And sometimes it's helpful. So like we will provide this worksheet. You'll 
capture all this information, and then, of course, you'll start assembling a resume from that. At some point, it can be helpful to have someone else look at it who's not so close to it as mm-hmm, you are mm-hmm. and be able to identify maybe some of that extraneous information that's just not helping and maybe is filling up space, you know, getting in the way. Exactly. And there's a, like a, a whole other podcast of nuances that we could add to this. And, you know, definitely look for that podcast because we're going to do that one next as far as um, some of the little tweaks and things that you could do to make it make sure that yours is looked at more than six seconds, which I guess is the average. Um, the ones that capture people's interests and the ones that they tend to want to call back. Absolutely. So good luck. Start capturing your information. Exactly. And, and you'll wrangle it into a document. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us at Illumination Bureau. We hope that you have gained something by listening today. Illumination Bureau was brought to you by Portfolio Creative. You can find out more about Portfolio Creative at PortfolioCreative.com. If you have a topic that you want to hear about, please send us an email at questions at PortfolioCreative.com. Also, please subscribe to the podcast to get more tips on the next steps of your creative career.